listening to Vet Candy. This show is brought to you by Brave Paws, a natural stress and anxiety chewable for dogs. Learn more at mybravepaws.com. Ever since she was a little girl, Amanda knew she wanted to be a veterinarian. Now with the title doctor in front of her name, that dream has become a reality. For this University of Tennessee grad, being one of just a few veterinarians in the United States is more than just a job, it is a calling. But unlike the thousands of other vet med professionals out there, Dr. Amanda Steffen has a very special, and some may say very unique, interest, which is senior pets and aging care. Gray muzzles, adorable white fur, sign her up. I am so excited to introduce you today, Dr. Amanda Steffen. Welcome to the show, Dr. Amanda. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So I'm so excited. You're the cover model of our first issue of Vet Candy 2023. How does it feel to be on the cover? Is everybody telling you they saw you on the cover? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I actually did get someone at work who I did not know even followed it. And she was like, oh, you're famous now. I was like, um, she was like, yeah, you're you're on the cover of uh, magazines and all this stuff. And it, it has definitely been surreal. And I really appreciate the opportunity. And it's just crazy what VetMed has brought. So. Yeah, yeah. I love your cover. It's so cool. And I remember we were talking months ago when you were doing your photo shoot and I was like waiting and waiting and waiting. And then we had so many pictures that were incredible. But um, I always let our graphic designer choose. And and I thought she's going to choose this other one, but she chose that one. And I love it. Your expression is like confidence. And I love that. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to do like a photo shoot and everything for that. But I felt like I was in my element and it it was wonderful. So it's funny that she picked that picture because it was one of the times that I felt the most confident about everything. Yeah, yeah. Those were so cool. And then we have you, you know, that issue is all about respiratory disease. And I love the article you wrote about how to educate pet owners. I feel like when we were looking for someone to do some of the stuff with this, I was thinking like, who's that client educator ninja? And I thought of you. Your Instagram feed is so great. You're able to educate people in a fun way, but you're not like talking down to them. I just love it. So do you get a lot of positive feedback on your Instagram feed? Uh, yeah, definitely clients and, you know, from the Instagram and social media world. I grew up in a more blue collar family and I was the first person in my family to go to college, much less go to veterinary school. So for me, it was very important to be able to break down medicine to a point where people can understand it because I feel like that builds compliance with clients. The fact that we can actually explain things in a way that people can understand is going to make them more willing to pursue things and help their pets and all of that. So that's such an integral part of this for me. Yeah, I think I think it's important because some people lose that. I've had I've had people explain things to my mom, for instance, which is like, I always think of her as like the average American because she watches like Dancing with the Stars, Love is Blind, like she's like your average person. And when they try to explain things to her, sometimes people explain it too high up. And I, I could tell she's confused and she, you know, she's intimidated by the doctor thing. So she's always too shy to ask, you know, can you explain it better? So it's good that someone's making that effort to make things easy to be explained. That's cool. Now, where did you grow up? 
Um, so I grew up in South Carolina. No way. You do not sound yes. like it. I was thinking, like, I know you live in Ohio now, like Ohio, Kentucky area. And I was like, I don't feel like you're from there. But I definitely would not say South Carolina. How did you not have that South Carolina accent? Oh, you know, I'm kind of sad about it sometimes, but most people say they can't hear me until I say South Carolina and then they kind of hear it. I just grew up in a way where, unfortunately, the Southern accent is cute, but not always taken professionally seriously. So I always tried really hard to work on that and make sure that I was, especially as a female, you know, in a profession that was medical and older people and Certain people are not going to trust your opinion as a young female uh, professional. So I just tried to make that as my voice as professional as possible. And, you know, I don't agree with the fact that the Southern accent makes you not professional. However, it was just a way for me to try and be taken more seriously. Wow. I'm from West Virginia and I still have that accent. People commented on it daily when I see humans. But I could never have gotten, I mean, even when I try to get rid of it, I can't get rid of it. So I admire that. But oh my gosh, like I would, I was thinking you had to be from California because I feel like you don't have any accent. You know, people in California have like no accent. So wow. Wow. Amazing. So you're very, very determined lady. Yeah. (laughs) My dad was from Ohio. So technically um, he kind of has a more flat not much of an accent as well. My mom has a very Southern accent. So when I go home, it's very strong, but um, usually it's it's okay otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. When I start talking to Caitlin Palmer, mine comes out, she lives in Mississippi and I start, I guess, I don't know what it is, but that's, it's true. It's like, it starts coming out everywhere. I thought I got rid of it, but I'm reminded almost daily. Every time I have a Zoom meeting, people that I'm meeting new people and they're saying, wow, you, you know, where are you from? And I'm like, Connecticut. (laughs) They're like, no. Okay, cool. So are you ready to play 21 questions? Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do it. So number one, everyone gets shocked by this, but um, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever done? Probably falling in the vet school uh, pathology lab. Oh, God. (laughs) Fall into the formaldehyde? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, Yeah, it's... uh, I guess a little gross and then also embarrassing because you're just you're just in it and you're like where do I go from here (laughs) wow and I bet everybody in your class remembers that too I mean was it like the dog when you were doing dissections of dogs or was it I don't I think we had a little bit of everything and thankfully it was in the winter so there weren't a lot of like large bloated creatures (laughs) but yeah it was definitely still not not ideal (laughs) I went to vet school at Tuskegee and in the, um, like in the spring, it gets so hot and the air conditioning broke down and we had a test. And I'll tell you, it was one of the most disgusting things. And there were like maggots on some of the pieces and you would have like that, you know, they stick that little tab with the thing and you had an idea and it would be like a little maggot (laughs) crawling across it. It was so awful. It was so awful. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah. Yeah, that school doesn't stop for the AC going out. Yeah, they don't stop for that. (laughs) They don't stop. Next one, I think you're going to be really good at this. A lot of vets are not able to answer this question. What's the most spontaneous thing you've ever done? Probably travel. A lot of our travel is not planned fairly far in advance. Uh, I guess one of the big things that comes to my mind that my husband would probably say is uh, I recently bought a camper to renovate. 
Oh, really? Yeah. So uh, it's a very old, like 1995 Thora Chateau, and we gutted the entire thing and um, are kind of rebuilding it with some help. It's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited to be able to go on some camping trips once we get it fixed. Okay, I'm googling that. Oh my god! Oh wow! The Thor is it called the Thor Motor Coach Chateau? Yeah, yeah. The inside is all green, and there's wonderful carpet all over everything. <laughs> oh, that's so cute! And so it has like a truck with it, so you can drive it around. Yeah, yeah. So the one we have is just a pull behind. So I have a yeah, I have a truck, and we'll just pull it behind there. So you could even convert that into a vet clinic and be a traveling vet clinic if you wanted, right? Yeah, definitely. That's pretty spontaneous. But I've been tempted too recently to do some, something like that too. Because if you have a camper, you can go anywhere. You could just get in your camper and go. Next question. If you could go on a road trip um, with anybody and go on anywhere, what would you do and who would you go with and where would you go? And I know what you'd be driving, right? Right. I usually always choose my family because I love to travel with my family. However, if we're going a little little crazy, I would really love to take a trip with Dolly Parton. You know, <laughs> that would be a lot of fun just to talk to her about her life and everything she's done and how inspiring she is. And I think she's a really wholesome, wonderful person. So maybe go with her to um, Dollywood. Yeah, Dollywood, the Smokies, any of that stuff. I'd love to kind of just get to some time to talk with her. So She would be so much fun. She's such a nice woman. I used to live in um, close to there, Knoxville, and she donates books to every five-year-old child, I think, in the whole the whole county that she lives in, Sevierville. She gives them um, free books and stuff. So she's really into reading and education, and she's just a smart lady. And now she has a, do you know she has a, like a dog, a clothing line? I saw that. Yeah. The Imagination Library, like you were talking about, has expanded now. Like Ohio, we actually have that. My daughter gets the books every month. Yeah. So you could sign up um, for any kid under five with the fits within the radius. I, I love that. Yeah. I've always loved her. And I could tell that she would be so much fun. Like, I think she would help you create your fire, right? And you would be having marshmallows with her and she'd bring her guitar and sing a little bit and just talk to her. It would be so much fun. Oh, 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 this is so good. Before we go to the next question, let's take a break and listen to our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. As a veterinarian, making time for your mental health may seem impossible right now. That's why we've partnered with Vet Candy to bring awareness to Zant. With Zant, you can choose from 25 focus areas, from burnout to addiction to everyday struggles, for $0 to access and free first sessions. Thinking there's a catch? No catch. Just actually affordable mental health care. Download Zant in the iOS app store today. Okay, next question. What's your biggest regret? I would say probably not trying a little bit harder to go to a school that I would qualify for in-state tuition, potentially. You know, being an out-of-state tuition student is always going to detriment me in a way until my loans are forgiven or gone or something like that. And nobody really tells you how much student debt 
really affects your life and will affect your life. I was always just told student debt is good debt. In a way, yeah, but I, I can't get approved for a house. I can't get approved for, you know, a lot of things without my husband there, which, you know, I appreciate having him, but it's definitely harder. So I would definitely say trying to work harder on getting, you know, money for school, getting scholarships, and then also looking deeper into trying to find a state that I could go to that had a cheaper tuition. So where did you go to vet school? I went to the University of Tennessee. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, then you were in Knoxville, too. I was. I love it there. And, you know, I, I don't regret going there, per se, because I met my husband. It's definitely home to us. Like, Knoxville is a place that I feel like my heart is happy. And no matter where I travel, that's that's the place that I want to be. And like I said, I met my husband there. I met wonderful people there. Um, but it's a beautiful place. I just wish there was a little bit more opportunity for South Carolina to have in-state tuition places. You know, they're talking about pinning a vet school. In, in South Carolina, Clemson. I was reading about it. So, like, um, when I was in, when I went to Tuskegee, I'm from West Virginia, so we don't have a vet school in West Virginia. So, we did get better rates going to certain schools, and Tuskegee was one of them. But South Carolina also had seats at Tuskegee. They had like six seats, and they were always like, it was, I don't remember any men, any women come. This is a long time ago. It was like all cowboys. Like every year, there there were six cowboys from South Carolina that would come, and they and they would all end up living in this one like ranch area. They had like this farm, and they would have the best parties. And they used to shoot dove, and they would grill them at the parties. Now it'd be like sustainable living. They would be hunting their own food and stuff. So, but that was a long time ago. Uh, so yeah, you got to do what you got to do. You're going to be paying that student loan off real quick and it's, you know, you'll be doing it. So yeah, but that's true. And that's really good advice to other people is like, I know University of Illinois, they used to have something where you could, um, if you worked and you made a certain amount of money, you could claim you were an Illinois resident and then you would get the reduction. And so a lot of people, a lot of students worked at the poison control center to do that. And I was like, oh my God, it's so hard. But thinking back now, that was very smart. So, and I know Craig Clifford moved to Mississippi for a year before he went to vet school. So he got the in-state tuition. People are like making some smart moves. So, so hopefully someone hears this and they, they take it and they do it themselves. So next question is, what is your dream day like? If you could go anywhere, you have an unlimited budget, bring whoever you wanted, what would you do? So I would probably bring my family, my husband and my daughter. My husband and I got engaged in Maui, Hawaii. I love it there and spend the day uh, hiking throughout. Um, They have something there called the Road to Hana and it is beautiful. That's where we got engaged. And then uh, swimming with the sea turtles. That was the coolest thing ever. So Yeah, probably spend the day doing that outdoors uh, in the beautiful 75 and sunny Hawaii year round. (laughs) Oh, wow. And then you could wear, like, you could dress your baby girl like Moana and she could, you could, you know, wear shells and stuff and like um, those batik skirts. Yeah, she loves to go. So anything that we're like going and moving, like she loves hiking with us and everything. So do you have one of those baby backpack things? Yes, we do. It has been a lifesaver. Yeah. Those are awesome. We had them for with my daughter, and then we had twins, and we had two. We were trying to get a double one, but that was like the no, no, no. We had to take turns. Like 
One had to go on one, and we were, like, hiking. We would go everywhere with them. Because you have to have adventure babies. We had friends that they would, like, they'd have kids, and they're like, we can't go anywhere. We can't. They can't even get in a car and drive 10 minutes because the baby would freak out. And so we made a plan, and we wanted to have adventure babies that we'd take them everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a non-negotiable for us with kids. I was like, look, travel is very important to me. We're going to have a baby that travels, whether it's fun or not, for the first little bit. So, like, she was on a flight at eight months. We were driving hours within, you know, the fact that she was a couple months old. So, it was, we we go. We actually went to Wyoming, and uh, which is a 24-hour drive total. You got to put a lot of diaper rash cream on that baby. That's one thing I learned because we drove from New Jersey to Ohio and I learned on the trip up, you got to really like ice that butt with diaper rash. Yeah, a lot of lathering. So yeah, we went hiking out there. So, you know, she, and that was uh, like five or six months ago. She was about a year and a half. So, you know, we're, we're doing the things. It's important. And if it's important to you, you'll figure out a way to make it work. So. Right, right. So next question, what do you wish you were really good at? Cardiology. (laughs) (laughs) I really like cardiology. It's so interesting to me. But anytime I try to echo or look at the chambers of the heart on an ultrasound, it all just looks like nonsense to me. Well, you're not alone. (laughs) You're not alone. Yeah. You know, one of the, we do master courses for vet candy. We have surgery, ophthalmology, toxicology, respiratory disease. So I've, I've done those and edited those. I'm like a genius at those four topics, but I would love to do a master course in cardiology because I have no idea. Like I had no idea. And again, that's why I'm not working in practice, but it's so complicated. Yeah. And it's so backwards to me. Like you think that something is going to cause one thing and it causes the opposite. So I'm usually always the opposite of what (laughs) I need to do. So I usually am just like, your pet has a heart murmur and we need to see the cardiologist. <laughs> yes, that's true. The good days now is anything that goes wrong, you can always say, oh, that's a mold. Let's send it to Dr. Joya Griffin. She's going to take care of that right now. Yeah, it is a wound. Oh, I'm going to send it to the surgeon. Let the surgeon deal with it. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, next question is, um, being a veterinarian, this, is, this one is pretty gross. I'm going to do an award, like who tells me the grossest story. What's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever seen? I guess mostly in South Carolina, being that we grew up with a lot of bugs, essentially. (laughs) We had a dog with an embedded collar and we removed the embedded collar to find a bunch of maggots around the wound. Um, So that was probably one of the most gruesome, nasty, because you have to sedate them and flush everything out and try to close everything up. But uh, you just see like maggots crawling around and everything and they're they're getting on things they shouldn't be and crawling around. It's it's nasty. Yeah, yeah, it's gross. You know, Dr. Courtney Campbell loves medicinal maggots for wound care. We had many embedded collars when I was in West Virginia, but I'm Courtney's from, he lives in California in Santa Barbara. I'm sure he hasn't seen any real maggots. I think he's only bought his maggots because he's like the classy maggots. Yeah, let's show you the Southern maggots that come from the cow manure. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> nasty ones, yeah. Next question, if you could be any animal, what would you be and why? I would probably go back to sea turtle again. They're one of my favorite animals for sure. Sea turtles and giraffes, kind of different spectrums. I just feel like you get to live your entire life like 
floating around in the ocean and exploring different places all the time. And they're just so relaxed. Like when we went and snorkeled with them, they're just, you know, they're just kind of hanging out and they let the waves take them and they just, they, they just seem very calm. I know obviously life in the sea is probably not all rainbows, but they're so calming to me. They just, they bring a sense of calm to me when we were there and, and snorkeling with them. So I would probably say sea turtle. Okay, cool. You know, most vets say cats, which I thought was strange. They most of them, they either say like regular cats or they say big cats. They're, it seems like that's like the, I, again, I should take, I should take all these and add these up. Oh, this is so much fun. I'm having so much fun talking to you today. I hate to do it, but I think we need to take a break and let's listen to our sponsors. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Does your dog shake and tremble when she hears thunder? Brave Paws Anxiety and Stress Support Chewables may promote calm behavior in dogs who exhibit nervousness or anxious behavior. Our clinically studied and patented botanical blend contains naturally occurring bioactives, which can be found to promote a sense of calm and relaxation in dogs. What's even better is it's fast-acting and non-drowsy. Get it today at MyBravePaws.com. Your next question is, is if you could go in a time machine and go anywhere, past or future, any time or any location, where would you go and when and why? I don't know. I think I would still probably go to myself in the year that I was trying to get into vet school and tell myself that it's going to work out. Like it's going to be okay because that was stressful. Like that first when you apply, you know, the Vimcast, you apply to all these places. And for me, I didn't have uh, an in-state school. So you have some contracts with a couple places, but, you know, we have a total of what, 30 contracts with places. Yeah, it's not much. So we have Georgia and this was when I was going through, you know, seven, eight years ago, but Georgia had like 16 spots. Tuskegee, when I went through, only had one available. Trust me, it's because of those cowboys that were there. They probably, probably, they were like, we got to isolate one of them. Yeah, you can only have one. The doves have spoken. It was so stressful. I I played college sports. I played college soccer. Um, So, I mean, I had decent grades. Um, You know, I think I graduated somewhere in like the three, six range. But as an out-of-state student, I was told by even my undergraduate uh, counselors, like, do you have a backup plan? Because you you need a backup plan. Yeah, I'd say, here's your backup plan, lady. I know. (laughs) I went in jumping and screaming when I got it. (laughs) But yeah, I I think it's, it was so, so stressful that year to try to put in all the applications and then just like get you know, the first I applied to seven or eight schools and the first three things you get back are always like right away the nose. You're such a great candidate, but this year we've we've had other qualified people. Right. So within the first like two weeks, you get three or four no's and that's just so painful. And then I actually got waitlisted. I didn't get in right away. So I got waitlisted uh, to three different places. So then I sat for two or three months just thinking, wow, am I going to get in? And then summer started and I was like, oh, what do I do if I don't get in? Like, oh, so it was a really stressful time. And I wound up getting in two different places off the wait list, but it was just very stressful. So I think I would probably go tell myself like, 
it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to work out. I promise. Okay, cool. Cool. That's cool. You know, I remember waiting too, like waiting to hear if I got in. And then the, the way you feel when you find out you get in is like, it's just amazing. And you never... Well, you feel almost that way when you pass your Navli, right? <laughs> but that's like the whole thing you've been working for since you were a baby, right? You know, you've been working for that and you finally get in. Like, I wonder, um, you know, what are they looking for in, in students? Like, what are they looking for? I mean, you, you have all these, um, you know, amazing people that are the smartest from their colleges. They're the most, you know, they're perfectionists. They're super smart. They're the most competitive. And then, you know, they're all fighting for those spots. So yeah, you should go back and say, hey, check this out, you know, to your counselor. Tag her on Instagram. Yeah. When I was in high school, someone told me this guy who was like our new vice principal or whatever counselor, he said, he said, you know, I don't, he goes, I was telling him what I wanted to do. He's like, do you have a backup plan? And I'm like, no. He goes, well, I feel like you don't have, you know, an, enough perseverance for that. I was thinking this guy probably didn't even know my name. And it's like, how do you know if I have perseverance? Because I tell you, one thing I have is perseverance, you know, beyond. And so many, many years later, I was back in West Virginia and some somebody was talking to me and he was actually this older man. And he actually mentioned that he was friends with Mr. Ashley from my high school and he was going to dinner with him. And so I gave him my business card and I said, give this to him and tell him that he probably doesn't even know my name because I don't think he did back then. But you tell him I, I do have perseverance, you know. Kiss my butt. That was like the third thing. So first getting to vet school, passing Navli, and then giving Mr. Ashley my business card. Right. Yeah. It's such a powerful moment when you're like, guess what I did it. So yeah, I know what I'm going to do. I know. Yeah. But it is, it is very tough. Okay. Next question is, what is the last show you have binge watched? We watched Ghosts, which apparently there are two versions. There's the American version, and then there's like a British version. (laughs) Um, And I haven't watched the British version yet. I'm really interested in it. Um, But it's basically just like a funny TV show that these people inherit this home from one of their relatives who passes. And the girl winds up being able to see ghosts, and she sees the ghosts in the house. And it's it's just a funny conglomeration of like the ghosts are from different eras and uh, their stories and going through all of that. It's just a very like fun show. There's several shows called Ghosts. There's a comedy called Ghosts about two guys. And I watched like one of it for a little bit. And what channel is that on? Uh, This is on Paramount Plus. Oh, you're one of those people, Paramount Plus people. Wow. Yeah, you guys are getting all the good stuff. You got a smile movie, I think, first. That movie is creepy. So cool. So um, if you could hear one song for the rest of your life or one singer, who would it be? Obviously, I grew up in the South, so I grew up on country music. (laughs) Hence the Dolly Parton aspect of things. Um, So yeah, I love listening to her, but I would probably would say some more like a more of like Southern Gothic. So I really enjoy listening to Delta Ray, like the Civil Wars and stuff like that. So they're a little bit more dark music, but they definitely have more upbeat songs at the the music itself is more relaxing to me. So it was always music that I studied too. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, next question is, what's the weirdest dream you've ever had? Oh my gosh, all I have are weird dreams. <laughs> really? I've had several people tell me they don't have dreams. 
I was like, you need to, there's something wrong. If I have them, they're usually always something really weird. The weirdest ones are usually related to work. So like I, I, um, did something that I wasn't supposed to at work or something, or, you know, like the typical, I wound up at work, like in my pajamas or something. I haven't had the naked one, but <laughs> you know, you, you like wind up there, like with nothing that you need. And, uh, I work in ER periodically. So like something's crashing and I'm in my pajamas. It's <laughs> something weird like that. Did you ever have the dreams about, um, taking tests in vet school or having to repeat vet school? Yes. Like the things go into your head after tests. I would have vivid dreams of the questions. (laughs) Like, why am I reliving this? (laughs) Yeah, I still like I don't have them as often, but I used to have them so much right after, you know, graduating. And I'd have it was like I go to take this test and they tell me if you don't pass this test, you're going to have to repeat vet school. And then I come in late and it's almost over and I'm panicking and then I can't read the questions or I can't understand what the question is. So um, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, I have to go to vet school again. Uh, But a lot of people have that same dream. It's weird. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. I think that there were more times that I like, I thought I overslept for a test or something, I guess would be a big one too. And there were definitely times I was late. It's amazing I never overslept for tests because I'd have my mom call me too as backup. You know, it's before cell phones. So she called me on every test I ever had in my life. And I mean, I'm late for everything. I oversleep. I mean, I've overslept for parties that started at four o'clock in the afternoon. So thank God for her. That's, pan, you know, really panicking thinking about that. Um, so next question, what is on your bucket list? My bucket list right now is mostly uh, all the places that I want to travel still. Uh, take our daughter to Switzerland is really high on that list. We like to hike. Um, so Switzerland is one that I looked into with COVID as a place that we could go in place of an Ireland trip that we were finally able to take. But it's just beautiful. I'm really excited to hopefully be able to travel there. From a business standpoint, I uh, bucket list is getting my business up and running and per se making it and, and just being happy in that career. So, Okay. Okay. Let me stop you here. Let's take a break and go to our sponsors. <laughs> We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. If you are like me, you want to improve your skills. And for many of us in the veterinary field, that means improving your clinical confidence. That's why Vet Candy created a master course in respiratory disease. The master course provides veterinary professionals with focused education on asthma, bronchitis, and other respiratory disease. The program is taught by a board-certified criticalist and delivers a thorough evaluation of the science and clinical practice skills needed to master respiratory conditions disease from diagnosis and management to client counseling. And what's even more exciting? The course is free and provides race and New York State-approved continuing education credits. Plus, when you complete the modular master course, you earn a certificate of completion as a certified respiratory educator and exclusive tools to celebrate, recognize, and share your accomplishment. This master course is brought to you by Trudell Animal Health, the makers of the AeroCat Chamber. 
You can start by helping your patients breathe better by taking it for free today at myvetcandy.com respiratory. When you're saying starting your own business, you start like your like your own relief business. Are you going to actually have a mobile practice or a physical practice? When I when I thought I wanted to be a vet, I always thought, you know, I want to work for myself because I I know I'm a little picky about things and I like um, I like for things to be done the way I want to do them. So um, I always thought maybe I would have my own like brick and mortar practice. And then I got into uh, the vet field and I realized, well, brick and mortar doesn't give you as much leniency when you want to travel, which is another big component of my life. As I went through my vet career the past, you know, seven years of being a vet, but 17 years of doing, you know, at assistant work and all that too. I've really grown fond of uh, senior pets and senior pet care. So I decided to take uh, acupuncture classes and I'm learning how to do acupuncture in pets, uh, specifically kind of focusing on senior pets when Western medicine has kind of reached its plateau of what can be helped. So I started my own LLC and I'm finishing an up, up acupuncture classes now. And my plan is actually to do like a mobile acupuncture clinic where I travel to people's homes and do acupuncture on their pets and, you know, also talk about, you know, senior pet care and stuff while I'm there if they have questions and uh, to kind of vibe directly with that uh, spectrum of clients. So, well, you know, I know someone who has a Ford Chateau. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's so cool. And that's something, you know, that has, I think has changed a lot in the profession is when I was a practice, when in practice, like nobody did, like only the really strange people were doing acupuncture, but now it's, it's something that pet owners want and, and they come in for it and there's a lot of great information on it. So I love, I love alternative medicine. I think it's the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that I'm very much a Western medicine person and I like science. And if you had told me when I graduated, like you're going to be doing acupuncture, you know, as your career choice, I probably would have been like, huh, yeah, right. That is very woo woo. And that is not me. So if you, you did go in the time machine and you went back to when you got into vet school and said everything, you're going to get into vet school. And by the way, you're going to be an acupuncturist. The person's like, the, the old you be like, you are crazy. Yeah. I would have been like, and that's not me. That's a doppelganger. <laughs> but it is. I mean, I, I have seen such tremendous change. And I do think that, you know, with my personal pets, uh, we got to a point with my my old dog who had a brain tumor, I did everything Western medicine offered. And I still think that his quality of life was not the best, um, you know, for a lot of that. When I think that if we had the opportunity or if I had known more about like holistic medicine um, and acupuncture that I would have been more apt to give him some relief because I've just seen such amazing responses from pets with acupuncture. That's hard to describe, but I mean, it's working. So if I can give people more quality, good time with their pets and happy moments, like that's happiness for me. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, when I have a friend who's been doing it for years and I watch her Instagram, Dr. Marta, she's in Miami and she'll have befores and afters. So yeah, it's it's hot and people need to embrace alternative things, you know, especially like medicines. Like I think antibiotics are so overused, especially 
in a large animal, you don't have to use antibiotics. There's alternatives. Yeah, there are studies done, um, especially on large animals that do like treating different problems with acupuncture and then treating them with antibiotics. And it looks at kind of the, the success rate of those. And a lot of those studies show acupuncture has a higher success rate than some antibiotics. And it's just, it's amazing how kind of focusing on that. And, and for me, I don't plan on a hundred percent, you know, holistic medicine is the only medicine. And I think that most, most people that are learning holistic medicine are not in that spectrum. It's just more of an, a thought process of this is an additional modality that we can use to better Western medicine. And I think that the integration of the two is going to be the Mecca of, of medicine. Like that's going to be the thing when we can actually get people's minds open and get on board with like, Hey, we can put these things together. We can use our Western diagnoses and our capabilities of like CT MRI to help better treat this with a traditional Chinese medicine route. I think, I think we're going to get leaps and bounds places with science. Yeah, I love medicinal honey and I love medicinal maggots. And so does Courtney Campbell, like on on wounds. Yeah. And I just wish the company that made medicinal honey made band-aids with medicinal honey on it. Cause I would I would use them. I, you know, I would use them all the time. Next question, what is your go-to karaoke song? Oh. So I will not sing in public. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've actually, uh, when I was younger and we, we did go, um, out more frequently, uh, we would do karaoke night and vet school and stuff like that. I was the person who was like, all right, you either have to dance on the bar or you have to sing a karaoke song. I danced on the bar. What if you and Dolly Parton are on the cross country tour and you go someplace and she's got laryngitis and she says, Amanda, you've got to save us. And you have to go in front of these these people and sing a song for you guys to be able to leave town. And you have to sing. Dolly is there. She can't sing. It's up to you. Well, I guess you got Dolly in my head. I really love Jolene by her. I love that song. Yeah, it's just such a good song. I actually had a hamster that I almost named Jolene. I I wound up naming her. I always thought that was such a pretty name. But then when you read the lyrics, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, well, she was going to get that name because uh, she came to me after uh, that our student class and she was pregnant and I didn't know she was. So so we had uh, oh, babies. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, she's a town tramp hamster. So, yeah. Okay, next question. If you could move anywhere in the world, where would you go? The Netherlands. Really? Yeah, it's it's so pretty. And I love living in more of a city setting. But the idea of just like a slow, peaceful work on the land and have just like a small village of people that I'm super close with and, you know, like barter for things instead of pay for things. Like, I love that. The Netherlands is very safe. So with all the, you know, crazy stuff that pops up with shootings and things like that, like I definitely thought about like, where would we move? And the Netherlands was definitely the one that I was like, this place just seems wholesome and beautiful. And I don't think I would get tired of it. Wouldn't you want to live in Maui? Yeah, I love the idea of living in Hawaii. I do think I would get a little bit of the island syndrome issue because I like to go places so much. So unless you have like a boat that can get you across the oceans, (laughs) you kind of feel like you're stuck a little bit. So probably could live there for a year with no qualms about it. But after that, I think I would probably get a little island syndrome and want to get off the island to go do something. 
Okay, cool. Uh, next question is, what's the biggest lesson you've learned? It could be about being a mom. It could be about being a business owner or a veterinarian or just life lesson. Manifesting the life that you want. Um, so for me, I feel like there's oftentimes where you think that things are like done to you and like your life is given to you. And I think my biggest kind of revelation in the past, even just year has been that I manifest my life. Like I create my life and there's always time to change that and create that. So for me, it's putting positivity out, putting, you know, kindness and wholesomeness out and people respond with that. So it's, and, and it gets you more places. Like for me, I feel like it gives me more opportunities to better my career and to, you know, be able to spread the word that I want to more. So I think just trying to believe that everyone is kind at their soul and doing the best that they can. And if you can just lead people with positivity and kindness, then you can probably change, change things around and what you're going to get back is kindness. So I think kind of manifesting kindness and, and manifesting your life based on being just a, you know, wholesome person who, yeah, appreciates, appreciates all of that. I think that is a big thing for me. Okay. Next question is what's your biggest guilty pleasure? The bachelor. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know they're never going to wind up together because they always wind up. <laughs> There's like one or two out of what, like the 500 couples that have gotten together. Oh yeah. The original people. I forget their name. But I still, I, it's still just a way for me to sit down and in the past I've like bet up with a friend and we just drink wine and watch it. And, you know, just to get to see their things play out and the different personalities and everything. So I still enjoy watching it, even though I know that um, it's probably not real. But I like watching them. Have you seen Love is Blind? Almost everybody tells me that that's their favorite show. I know. I've heard that so much. And I try hard. Not that I I feel like I owe The Bachelor anything, but I try really hard not to get too many because there's so many different ones now. So I haven't allowed myself to watch Love is Blind yet because I don't want to get addicted to it yet. You know, someone told me that, that probably the reason why vets are watching it now is because there there was an evil guy on there named Shake. It was a veterinarian. And so now everybody's watching it. I saw a couple of things with him in it and I was like, oh man, this would be the vet. Like he would be the one that represents us in this. Yeah. I was like, just don't mention where he does. Okay. Your last question. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be? I mean, the obvious one would be talking to animals, little Dr. Doolittle of sorts. <laughs> so, I mean, it would definitely make our job a lot easier if that were the case. So I think that would be interesting. I do really like the idea of being able to fly. So I also think I would enjoy that <laughs> from a not vet med perspective, like just being able to fly and go to different places if I want to. So, well, you could, you could still do your mobile practice and just fly, you know, just go fly over there and stuff. Yeah. You could live anywhere then you could travel anywhere. You could fly. Don't have to worry about um, traffic and stuff. So yeah. Well, great job on 21 questions. And also I forgot to mention earlier that you won um, Vet Candy's 2022 Veterinary Inspiration Award. And we we gave these out to, to several people and not, not a lot of people. And we recognize the achievement of professionals who have led, inspired, and motivated and helped do amazing things. And so your your award was because you're doing such a great job with um, client education and and relating to, to clients and, and being an 
advocate for older pets. Um, so congratulations on that award. Yeah, thank you guys so much. I, I just appreciate the opportunities that you guys have allowed me to have through Vet Candy. And I love being able to spread the word and work with you guys in educating everyone and, and clients and um, vets and yeah, just making this profession one that we really enjoy being in. Let's take a break before we continue and let's listen to some messages from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Vet Candy. Vet Candy Radio delivers world-class content with engaging voices and inspirational messages curated by a network of top influencers and experts. Stream 24-7 at myvetcandy.com. If somebody wanted to connect with you, I see you on Instagram, but are you also on TikTok and where are you at? Yeah, yeah. So I am maneuvering TikTok. I'm not very familiar with it yet, but I'm learning. <laughs> so most of where I do uh, most of my stuff is uh, Instagram because that's what I'm most comfortable with. So yeah, senior pet vet on both of those. You can um, type that in and find me. Mostly focusing on senior pets and senior pet care and medicine, but also alternative options for things like that. And also focusing a lot on client education. Um, I get a lot of questions from followers about things like that. And I, I love to take those questions and create reels or create stories from them so that I can better educate people. So yeah, those are great. So thanks for being on the show. And next up, I think is Dr. Craig Clifford. He's the next guest on the show. So thanks for listening. Thank you so much for having me. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. Vet Candy. It's Vet Candy Radio.